This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Velvel was a poor Jew living in Frankfurt, Germany in the mid-1700s, just barely making ends meet and constantly struggling to support his family. But one possession he had that was worth a great deal was a very special Hanukkah menorah that had once belonged to the Bach, Rabbi Yol Circus, who passed away about a hundred years before. The Bach was known as one of the great Ashkenazi poskim, an expert in Jewish law. And this menorah was made out of silver and had two diamonds set in it. Velvel had inherited this from his grandfather, who left it to his father and who left it to Velvel. And his father told Velvel before he left this world, there's no greater way to celebrate the mitzvah of lighting the Chanukiah than using this very special menorah from the Holy Bach. And I bless you, my son, that you should never need to sell it, and it should only bring you revealed good for you and your family. So even though the family lived in poverty, and this Chanukiah could be sold for a great deal of money, Velvel would never sell the menorah. And one of his sons became a little resentful. He said to his father, I don't understand, so go buy yourself another menorah. Buy a beautiful one. People are willing to spend a lot of money for this menorah, and we need the money. But Velvel refused to sell. But then one day, he was presented with a business opportunity to buy and then resell a large piece of property from a wealthy man who had to leave the country. And Velvel gave it some thought and realized this was really a great business opportunity. So not having the money, he took the menorah to one of the Jews in the community, a wealthy Jew, and he borrowed the money to buy the property. The deal was done. The wealthy man fled the country. Velvel had his large piece of property. And as he's making his rounds to find out who would buy the property so he could sell it, make his money back and make a profit, a lawyer comes to Velvel and says, this property is not yours. Velvel says, what are you talking about? I bought it fair and square. I have the documents to prove it. He said, did you have those documents written up by a lawyer? And he said, no, the wealthy man wrote the documents up himself. I just trusted him. The lawyer said, well, he cheated you. The property is not registered in his name anymore. He had borrowed the money from the bank to buy the property, and then he fled the country, and the property still belongs to the bank. And so Velvel lost all of his money. And not just that, he lost his Chanukiah, because he had no way of buying it back. And Velvel was a little devastated by all this, the loss of the money, and all the more so the loss of the Chanukiah, especially after his father told him there was no greater way to celebrate the holiday of Chanukah than by lighting the menorah of the Holy Bach. But then Velvel's son the one who had criticized him for not being willing to sell the menorah in order to support the family. He'd now had enough. He said to his father, religious people like you are so selfish. All you care about is yourself and your possessions. And here, I'll prove it to you. The menorah of the Bach meant more to you than your own family. Because why else would you leave your family in poverty than sell the menorah? And here, you sold it and you lost all your money. I want nothing to do with you and your religion and God. And so his son, left the house, and when Velvel tried to find out what happened to his son, he discovered there was a group of boys that he'd been hanging out with, and all of them decided to be secular as well, and atheists 
So he understood that it wasn't just resentment towards his father, but he was being influenced by his friends. And Velvo, not knowing what to do, went to his rabbi, the holy Rav Abish of Frankfurt, and he poured out his soul to him. He told him what happened with the business deal and the menorah and his son, and he asked for a bracha, a blessing and advice. And Rav Abish, he said, May we merit to see your son do tshuva and return to your family. And may you also merit to prosper and pay back all of your debts very soon. And so Velvel, with a broken heart, says, Amen, Rabbi. Amen. May it be Hashem's will. And time passed, and it came Shabbos Shuva, the Shabbat between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And Velvel went to shul, and Rav Abish, he gave a drasha, he gave a sermon, in which he presented a situation where there were two mitzvahs, one that could be done right now, and one that would be done later. But if a person were to do the mitzvah right now, you might not have the means to do the other mitzvah later. So what does a person do? The rabbi said, you do the mitzvah that's in front of you right now. And you do it with whatever money you have, whatever means you have, without worrying about the next mitzvah. Even though you might think that you can't fulfill it if you do the first mitzvah. And he brought the opinion of the Radvas, who said that if you do the first mitzvah, it will give you the merit, the schut, to do the second one. And so do the first one with total faith, with complete joy, and allow Hashem to figure out how the second mitzvah will be fulfilled. And shortly after Sukkot, a relative of Velvel was trying to get together money to buy some grain that could be bought cheaply and resold at a considerable profit. And he came to Velvel and he said, What do you think, Velvel? We can do a deal together, but I don't have all the money. Do you have some savings? Do you have something you can put into the deal? Velvel spoke with his wife, and she supported him, and he was very cautious because he'd lost so much money before, but he had been able to save up some money. So he put all the money that he had into the deal with his relative, and Baruch Hashem, he made a great profit, much more than he ever imagined. And it was so much money that he could go and buy back his menorah. The first thing he did, even before he went home, was go to the home of the man who had originally lent him the money. And when he arrived, he discovered that the man had passed away three weeks earlier. And his children, not knowing the value of the menorah, simply sold it for the silver and the diamonds. So Velvel asked them, who do they sell it to? Which dealer? And he went to the dealer. And the dealer said, I'm sorry, I already resold it to someone else, a collector. And he told them where the collector was. So Velvel traveled to the collector. And he gets there, and he says that this menorah was an inheritance from his father, who had inherited it from his father. And yes, it has some intrinsic value, the materials, but really, it has much more sentimental and spiritual value to me and my family. And I'd like to please buy it from you. But the dealer wasn't impressed by this story. He just saw an opportunity to make money. And he quoted a crazy price. It was much more money than Velvel had borrowed, but he didn't have any choice. He gave over all the money to the merchant and bought the Bach's menorah back. And on his way home, as he's getting closer to Frankfurt, Velvel sees in the distance a young man walking on the road. He looks thin, not very clean. And when he gets closer, he realizes it's his son who had run away six months before. And Velvel shouts out, my son! His son looks up and sees his father on a wagon with a horse. He says, please get on the wagon. Come and join me. And so the son agreed to get on the wagon on the condition that his father wouldn't discuss religion or God with him. And so Velvel said, sure, I won't talk about God. He said, but look, I have the menorah of the Bach. I bought it back. I made a business deal and I made a lot of money. And the first thing I did was go to buy the menorah. Even though it costs a lot more money than I had borrowed, it was worth it. 
And his son says, you see, this is why I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in God. What's more important to you, your family or that stupid menorah? Instead of using the money that you made from the business deal to help your family, you went off, as usual, your selfish self, going and getting your silver heirloom menorah, blah, blah, blah. So the rest of the ride, Velvo and his son just sat there in silence. And a little while later, they saw a man sitting under a tree, crying, clearly a religious Jew. Velvo stops the wagon. He says to the man, what's going on here? And the man says, my daughter is engaged to be married. But another shidduch has just been proposed to the father of the groom. And because I don't have a large sum of money to pay for the wedding and to pay for the dowry, the father of the groom wants to marry his son off to this other woman instead of my daughter. And I know my daughter will be devastated. She really loves this boy and she really wants to marry him. But what am I supposed to do? I don't have the money. So Velvel is quiet for a minute. He looks at this man under the tree. He looks at the menorah. He's looking back and forth between the man under the tree and the menorah. And then he remembers the words that his rabbi spoke on Shabbos Shuvah. It's more important to do the mitzvah that's in front of you than the mitzvah that will come in the future. And right in front of him was the mitzvah of tzedakah and achnasat kala, of giving charity to your fellow Jews and helping with the expenses of a wedding. And these are more important than lighting the Chanukiah of the Bach. And so Velvel said to the man, would you mind coming with us for a little ride in my wagon? I think I can help you. So the man says, sure, where are we going? And they start riding and they go for a long time, many hours until they get back to the collector dealer that had the menorah of the Bach. And he sees Velvel coming back with the menorah and he says, what's wrong? And Velvel says, nothing's wrong. It's just that I have to return it to you. I'm really sorry. I need my money back. And the merchant seeing another opportunity to make money, he said, yeah, sure, no problem. There's a policy here. All returns get bought back at 50%. Velvel says, it's not fair. He says, no problem. You keep your menorah, go sell it someplace else. You want your money back from me? You get half as much. Once again, Velvo looks at the menorah, looks at the guy that was sitting under the tree that's now in his wagon. He says, okay, here you go. He hands over the menorah and gets back half of the money that he had. And most of that money he gives to the man, drives him back to Frankfurt and says, Mazel Tov, may your daughter have a beautiful Jewish home. Shalom Bayit, Parnassah, and only revealed good for you and your whole family. And this Jew, he said, you know, Velvo, I don't know how to thank you. For a thousand lifetimes, I could never thank you enough for what you did for me. In the merit of doing this mitzvah, may you be blessed back so many times, you can't even count them. Velvo said, Amen. He had a little bit of money left over, not very much after all of this. And he says to his son, you see, my son, this is how things work in life. Sometimes you think that things are going to work one way, but they don't. And a person that has a muna, a person that has faith in Hashem, knows that everything that Hashem does is ultimately for the person's good, and I know that. And so I'm going to choose to be happy, even though I lost a great deal of money. And once again, I've also lost the menorah of the holy Bach. And Velvo looks over at his son, who has tears in his eyes. And he said, my son, don't worry. Hashem can send me the money again. I'm not worried about the money. The son said, no, my father, you don't understand. I know how hard you work to make the money that you invested. And I know how much that menorah means to you. And I know that you've been going around from person to person, just trying to get the menorah back. And then once you get it, you sell it for a fraction of the price in order to help a complete stranger to marry off his daughter. I realized that I was wrong, father. You're not selfish. 
you're willing to love others, a stranger, even more than yourself. Tati, as far as I'm concerned, you're as righteous as they come. And he said to his father, please accept my forgiveness. I want to come back home. And Velvo was so surprised, he almost fainted in his wagon. And when he got back home, Velvo's son went to his friends. He said, let me tell you what happened with my father. And through this story, all of those boys themselves did tshuva and came back to a life of Torah and mitzvot. And Velvo went on with his life, doing work wherever he could find, barely getting by, always dreaming of one day maybe buying back the menorah, if he could even find it. And one day he hears about a wealthy Jew from a distant town who's trying to set up his daughter with some nice young boy. And the problem was that his daughter had been in an accident when she was young, and she couldn't walk in one of her legs. And as a result, no one wanted to marry her. So this wealthy Jew, he offered a great amount of money to whoever could make the shidduch for his daughter. And Velvel just happened to know a guy who he thought was really good for this woman, and he set the two of them up. And a couple of weeks later, they decided they were going to get married. And the wealthy Jew was so overjoyed, he came to Frankfurt to give a gift to Velvel, as he promised. The gift was put in a box, and when Velvel opened the box, there was a light shining out of the box. It was a Hanukkah menorah, and it looked exactly like the one that he had inherited from his father. So Velvel says to the wealthy Jew, Please, where did you buy this from? And he says, oh, there was a merchant, and he names the town, and the name of the merchant, the exact merchant who had sold the menorah back to Velvel, and who Velvel had returned it to. The wealthy Jew said, I was just walking around town, and I was looking for something special, and I see this beautiful silver menorah with diamonds in it. And the dealer told me it was apparently the Bach's menorah. I figured that's a fitting gift for someone who made a shidduch for my daughter. And so that Hanukkah, Velvel had the schut, the merit, to once again light the Bach's menorah. And he stood there in front of the lights for a long time, tears coming down his face, pondering the wondrous ways of Hashem. And suddenly he hears a knock at the door. Goes and opens it and he sees it's his rabbi, Rabbi Bish. He says, Rabbi, what are you doing here? He said, Velvel, I was standing in my menorah and I had a vision of you standing in front of your menorah. And I wanted to see, what does it look like to be in front of a menorah that not just gives off the light of Hanukkah and the holiness of the Bach, but also the light of giving tzedakah and helping to marry off Akala and bringing all of these young boys back to the fold of Torah and mitzvot. He said, Velvon, only your menorah radiates that light, and it's the Mahadrin Shebe Mahadrin the most kosher of kosher menorahs anywhere around. Chanukah Sameach, my sweetest friends. Freilich and Chanukah. May your Chanukah be filled with light and joy that carries you every day, not just through Chanukah, but through the whole year. Did I lie, 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 l
Thank you so much for listening. As always, my sweetest friends, I have you all in mind when I'm sitting and lighting the Chanukiah and when we're sitting outside in Nachlaot playing music for anyone who comes by. Please continue sharing the stories. Leave me a review wherever you are and keep on sending me messages. I appreciate them all. Chanukah Sameach, my sweetest friends. Zai gesund.